This is the podcast, Going Beyond Salvation, and I'm your host, Jess Robinson. And this is the Psalms and Proverbs portion of the podcast. And uh, just as I have been telling, we are, you know, a little bit of housekeeping. We did purchase a, we're in contract with a house. Um, And so... Uh, the next few weeks is going to be kind of a little crazy. Uh, on top of that, you know, we're getting ready for a youth group and um, I'm getting the launch of my blog, my actual blog website going and just have some things to touch up and add a few more articles so that there's something for people to view and then um, as well as I will be doing my first uh, sermon in September on a Sunday morning. So it is a very busy time um, on top of that I'll be taking my next class and my ministry license. So it's going to be very busy. So some podcasts will be Friday, some will be Saturday, and even sometimes some will be posted on Sunday. Uh, just depending on how busy it is, but we'll continue to uh, post as much as we can and just continue to do the the reading and just dividing it up as much as you can. And so we're just going to jump right into it. And in Psalm 70, you know, we're in, in, in the book of Psalms for while I was on vacation, we were reading Psalm 78. Psalm 79, 80, 81, 82, and 83. And Psalm 78 seems like a really long uh, psalm, you know, which it was. You know, it took several readings to get through. And then, but you know, when we look at Psalm 79 and 80, there's just this. It, it flows together. And as, as I've said before, you know, at learning, you know, especially if you're a brand new believer and you kind of go and go, you know, how did this all get put together? And originally, you know, these, these Psalms originally didn't have, you know, the, the Psalm 80 and all of that. It wasn't broken up that way. And a lot of them, if, as you start reading them, you can see that they flow right into each other. And we see that a lot. There's this, you know, flow. And, you know, we start with Psalm 78. And, you know, from verse on, verse 1 on, it says, you know, Oh, my people, hear my teaching. You know, it was written to remind Israel. This was to the Israelites. Written to the Israelites. Why so Many devastating judgments of God came upon them throughout the history. You know, you look at this context and, you know, and over and over. And we even saw it with Acts where Stephen pointed out, you know, there's this continual rejection by the Israelites. And there's these judgments. And so we see in this psalm, it's warning them to learn from their spiritual failures of their forefathers and to strive diligently to avoid the same unbelief and unfaithfulness. And we need to see that as well in our own life as, as Christians, as believers today, that we need to pay close attention to this psalm 
and not just the psalm, but to many, pretty much, you know, everything in the Bible, because this is, you know, this is the inerrant truth. This word is living and active, and we have to pay close attention to it because we see today many churches and denominations, they have lost God's presence and power through unbelief and through disobedience to his word. And I'm not going to list, you know, the, the denominations, you know, because they're, you know, I, I, I don't like to criticize and break down, but you know, that you will know, you know, especially if you are reading and being in the word, you will know who is not, you know, who's walking in false doctrine. And so, you know, that's a huge thing. And, and by failing to make biblical standards and experience the basis for truth and practice, you know, these churches and they've gradually gone astray and turned to their own ways. And it's sad today. We see it happening in many churches, especially those that have said that homosexuality is fine. It's sad when you see people who are struggling, you know, and or saying that it's okay to be transgender or that essentially, and there are churches that essentially say that, you know, adultery is okay, that pornography is okay, and it's not. And so we have to, you know, stay, you know, and even then saying that, you know, doing medical marijuana, doing marijuana, doing drugs, you know, there are those churches that have walked away from the word of God. What he has clearly said, no, we should not be allowing in in the church. And so we see that with Psalm 78, you know, that this is a warning and that we need to take it as a warning. And then we get to Psalm 79 here and it's just this, it just flows. It goes from, you know, as a warning to uh, the same psalmist interceding with God to forgive the Israelites for their apostasy, which means an apostasy, what people don't, it kind of gets confusing what apostasy is, but apostasy is when essentially you have this close relationship with God and you just turn away and go back to your old ways and have nothing to do with God. And it does happen. It does happen today. It is happening more and more today. So, you know, he's praying for the Israelites for their apostasy and to punish the nations that have destroyed Jerusalem and God's temple. Um, This is attributed to, this psalm is attributed to the time of when the the temple had been destroyed by the Babylonians. You know, he acknowledges, the psalmist is acknowledging that the pagan nations were instruments of God's anger. You know, because the Israelites would not listen. They would not turn and repent. 
However, he he realizes what they had done against Israel was executed out of hatred for God and his chosen people. And we see that this psalmist is motivated by concern for God's glory and the promotion of his name among the unbelieving nations. And we can, you know, have the heart like the psalmist here, especially in today, you know, interceding for your nation, interceding for your government, your schools, just praying to God. You know, prayer is so powerful and just seeking for God and, and turn, you know, essentially because it, it starts with us as his people to, to pray, to intercede, you know, because you have people that don't, you know, they're, they're living in sin, but they don't know who God is. They don't realize they need to be praying. It, it's us, you know, his people that need to be praying. So then we jump to Psalm 80, and it's another psalm of intercession. And we see that the psalmist is pleading for the revival and restoration of God's people to their place of full blessing and favor with God. As you can see, it's just this smooth flow of, you know, from Psalm 78 to Psalm 79 to Psalm 80. And the psalm depicts a people whose divine protection has collapsed laying them open to assaults from the outside, which is something that we ourselves as believers, when we're living in sin, you know, and, and not, you know, living for God, we're opening ourselves up to the assaults of the enemy. When we're not in our word, when we're not praying, we're opening ourselves up to temptation, to sin, to the attacks of the enemy. And so, you know, we see that they have eaten the bread of tears and are objects of derisions. In great humility, the psalmist repeatedly intercedes for God to show his favor once again and make his face shine upon the remnant who call on his name, which, you know, we, we really need to be doing that as believers in our walk with God is just, especially in today, you know, seeking for revival and restoration, you know, and that's what God wants. He wants revival and restoration. He wants the people to, to come to a saving knowledge of him. You know, it's, it's, these sentiments are characteristic of the plight and prayer of God's people immediately preceding a time of great revival. And we're seeing that. I do see it happening in many churches we are starting to see revivals breaking out. There's one in Georgia and it's, you know, because of COVID-19, they're, they put a tent outside, you know, so they were following orders, but, you know, people are, are coming to be saved and you know, where George Floyd was killed, there have been, has been a, a sort of a revival there where people have been saved, people have been baptized, people have been healed you know, a place of pain, you know, God is bringing, you know, people to him. And, and even in California, that there is a beach where there are, there is a revival going on. And I think, you know, as I was saying in the, in the podcast for the Old Testament, that, you know, there's so many people from bigger cities that are fleeing into the rural areas, 
you know, such as where I live in Powell, you know, Cody is just crazy right now with real estate and just people. And it's even to the point you get on Facebook now and I'm seeing people that even renters that decided they were going to sell homes with tenants in it. And now they're telling the tenants, you, you need to leave, you know, because somebody bought the house and now we have tenants that are on Facebook going, who's renting, but then there's nothing to rent because those who couldn't get a property are coming out here and just renting until something comes up. And so we're seeing this, these people coming and I, I really challenge churches, especially in the rural areas. And it's hard because, you know, it's hard with me as well. You go, great. We have these out-of-staters coming because, you know, I was, I've been raised in Powell and Cody or by Yellowstone National Park. Every year we have to deal with tourists every summer. And it gets hard because your heart kind of gets hardened because you see people who don't listen to the rules you see it's you know always the bets of who's going to get hit by the buffalo first who's going to fall into the the hot springs it gets that way and so then when you're hearing that people are moving here from out of state you're just going great what are they going to bring here but you know the lord had to really check my heart and say you know, these people are coming here and they, they need to know me. And so I'm challenging people who live in rural areas, churches in rural areas, that this is a time that we need to really start preparing for a revival to come, you know, because there's going to be people coming in. And I know in these bigger cities that there is spiritual warfare like none other, you know, um, living in Laramie, Wyoming for so many years, when we first went to Laramie, I could really sense the spiritual darkness down there. And, you know, I started fighting in prayer there in Laramie. And it started getting better. And I think, you know, there's a lot of good things happening in Laramie. A lot of, you know, just the same things that people are seeking revival and restoration. And so then coming back to Powell, there's still, you know, that spiritual darkness, but it's not as heavy. Um, Just because of, you know, the small town life. But it's starting to come here. And people are going to be lost. They're going to be held in bondage. They're going to be seeking answers and for truth, and that's what we need to do in this time, and so, you know, it, it, this psalm speaks to us, you know, individually and corporately, that if we're not experiencing the full life, power, and righteousness of God as promised in his word, we must pray that God will revive and renew us by his power and mercy, and that's, you know, individually, you know, if you're struggling you know, especially to read God's word, you feel like you're in a spiritual drought. Get into prayer and say, you know, I need to be renewed and revived and just expect it. God's going to come and renew and restore. And so 
you know, that's essentially Psalm 80. And then we get to Psalm 81. And, you know, it goes from, you know, there's intercession, you know, seeking revival and restoration. And then we see, you know, praise and all of a sudden God is speaking. And we see that with 82 as well, that God is speaking to his people. God is speaking what his people need to do. And that is something, you know, as you're seeking after God, he's going to speak to you. He, you're going to start hearing him and hearing his voice and knowing what his will is. And then there's Psalm 83 where we finished out. And in this psalm, you know, this psalm has a lot of mystery to it. Psalm 83. Uh, there has been some prophetic po- or ties to this, and but you know, essentially, it's a prayer, you know, for God to to move and and gives the nations over to to God, and you know, just essentially, you know, what I wanted to talk about in the Psalms portion of it is this is what we need to do as a people as a church in this time and so uh, that was all for psalms so we're going to take a quick break and jump into proverbs so in our reading we were doing we went through Proverbs 7, chapter 17 and then part of Proverbs 18. And just as I've said before in, in some of the last few podcasts, I just pick out a few Proverbs that just kind of stick out to me, especially in my walk. I feel like in in the future for this podcast, we'll, we'll go back through the, the book of Proverbs at some point and kind of just break it down as we go but really what really stood out to me in 17 was in verse 4 and it says a wicked man listens to evil lips and a and a liar pays attention to a malicious tongue and I was actually watching Facebook and you know as you kind of go or as you're kind of going through Facebook now a little bit that they have these suggestions and um lately you know on, on my Facebook it I don't know if it's just because I'm a Christian or what it is. These videos come up and some of them have been interesting, you know, where they had these people talking about, you know, um, just kind of touchy subjects about, you know, treating, you know, your elderly mother right and stuff. Just some of these things. And it actually was talking about gossip, what gossiping does and that it it was a video and there was this girl and uh at work and she was gossiping about one of their coworkers and they're sitting there eating lunch and gossiping and this other girl comes behind her and hears it and just and she knows it's about her and she just takes off and they don't realize that she had heard and there's just 
it continues on and there's these different scenes where they're the same girl is just gossiping and gossiping and gossiping there in the office and finally one day you know they're sitting there and this other girl that's part of the group you know says that somebody in in the office had done a presentation and they they threw up during their presentation and the girl who had been gossiping she stopped smiling she says that was me and they're like oh and they changed the subject and it's because and it was teaching that you know essentially where where the root of gossiping where it leads to and how easily it spreads and and that's how it is you know there's always a root to where you know where where the wicked goes to where you know the 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 liar what what they pay attention to and it's the same way with with many things and I do believe that you know especially those who deal with alcoholism drug addiction you know different addictions I believe you know that a lot of different treatments don't get to the root source of why somebody's struggling with addiction or you know I believe there's a reason why people struggle with transgenderism and we see over and over with transgenderism that a lot of times it deals with they were molested you know as a child and they're confused you know and believing in the lie of the enemy and they generally need help and true help to get down to the root of the issue and take take care of it. And I think that's the same way. You know, it's even with, you know, alcoholism, where it comes from, you know, there's a root to it. Even if it is, you know, that somebody's father was an alcoholic and they became an alcoholic, that's, you know, something... W- you know, I believe that, you know, in, in the church, praying for that person to break that generational curse. We call it a generational curse to break it off and and pray with this person and hold them accountable. Help them through that to to piece together that they don't have to follow in, in that parent's footsteps. And so I do believe that, you know, and especially where bondages come where did that where when did that person believe in the lie of the enemy to become held in that bondage what was it you know and that's something and even in our own spiritual lives you know what lie the enemy did we believe to think that we're not worth anything or why we're insecure that's just something that really stuck out to me with verse four and kind of just jumping to verse 13 of, of chapter 17, it says, if a man pays back evil for good, evil will never leave his house. And, you know, we see this written by Solomon, that the son of King David, you know, who, you know, his mother is Bathsheba, you know, and he wasn't, you know, Solomon was not the child of that adultery, you know, that child from the adultery ended up dying but we see you know with David 
he rewarded Uriah's integrity and faithfulness when he was trying to cover up his own sin. You know, Uriah was still faithful and he had integrity. And David repays that with evil by having him killed. And because of that, we see that evil never left David's house. We see that, you know, as we've read, you know, the, the source of contention in that household. And so that was just something that really stood out to me. That, you know, as as believers in, you know, in our walk. And it's great that the Holy Spirit's there to to let us know when we're not walking in the way, you know, that God wants us to walk. That's called conviction. And it's meant to to lead us to the Lord and change our ways, you know. And uh, as believers, to to be careful to not pay back evil for good. And, you know, it's just so important to do that. It just immediately after that, starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before... A, a dispute breaks out. And when you think about a dam, you know, we live here in Powell and not very far, you know, there's a Cody and there's the, the reservoir. And, you know, if anything would happen with that reservoir, you know, if it was breached, it means trouble because there's going to be all this water and destruction. And when you think about that, when you're starting a quarrel, when you're starting a fight, it's, you just think it's just between you and this other person or whatever it may be. And, but it's much more than that. It's going to spread. And it's, it's just hard to see people that way, you know? So essentially it's, you know, and, and Jesus teaches us that when, you know, over and over that, you know, when we have a, a dispute with somebody you know, to take, you know, meet with them privately, you know, and if it doesn't work out, you know, if you see this person sinning, and even then, if you don't agree with somebody, at some point, you know, you're just going to have to drop the matter. Now, if the person is sinning, especially in the church, they're in a position of, of authority or whatever, and they're going to compromise, you know, the church, their marriage, whatever it may be. That is, you know, the time where you go meet with the person, warn them. If they don't listen, you bring brothers. Then if they don't listen, then you take it to the church, you know. And finally, you have to break ties with this person. But when it comes to disputes, you know, things like, you know, you just don't see eye to eye. You know, and we're going to talk about that in, in the book of Acts, you know, today. What happened when there was a quarrel? And I think I'll save it for then, but so you'll go listen to that podcast. But there's a, a way of settling quarrels, you know, and disputes. And in verse 22 to 17, it says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And I have written on the side, you know, I was looking through my study Bible, and it says, 
on there. You know, when you are sick, think of cheerful things. And I think about when you, you are in a hospital, especially in a children's hospital, just some of the things that, you know, like right now with COVID that has kind of stopped, but some of the things that they do in a hospital or even in a nursing home, you know, that I saw like a video with people that, you know, are seriously ill that they bring in a, a horse you know, a therapy horse that brings joy to, to the person's heart, you know, or they bring in the service animals that pet and they can pet and it brings joy, you know, brings, you know, happiness to these people, you know, that are in the hospital or, you know, the few times in children's hospitals where actors have, you know, put on cotton, you know, their, their character costume to go visit a sick child to bring joy to them. And it's like, you think about that and it's like, you know, there is something to this where you need to be cheerful, need to be joyous, pray for, and I was reading an article on divine healing and it says, you know, pray for healing. And even if it doesn't happen right away, rejoice in that healing that, that you have that healing. And so, I mean, there's so much truth to this about having a cheerful heart even when you're sick and in, even when it you're having a bad day just finding a time to laugh finding something to make you smile is is the best medicine then we get to 18 verse 1 it says an unfriendly man pursues selfish ends he defies all sound judgment when you think about selfishness when you're when you're being selfish, you're thinking about yourself, your own needs. And so when you're being selfish, it's essentially being unfriendly. You know, people who are humble, who are, you know, they just, they're selfless. They, you know, they would give their own shirt off of, off of their own back for you. They don't think about themselves. They think about others. You see that those people really make friends you know because of the heart that they have and sadly those kind of people don't get they get taken advantage of a lot and you know we've seen that with some people and you know there was one person that my pastor he you know he knew this person had just this heart to give and to give and to give and this person would get taken advantage of a lot by, by people. And one day, you know, my pastor showed up with this sign for him that he made. And the guy's like, well, what do I owe you? And he says, nothing. He says, you're my friend. And gave it to him. And the guy, you know, people were saying he almost like was like almost crying because somebody gave him something and that he he never gotten he never received that kind of treatment I'm not saying that all selfless people are seeking for re reward they're just seeking you know to help people out of the good of their heart you know what Christ is doing in their heart but it's just something that really stood out to me about you know, being selfless and, and, and humble and, 
you know, sometimes we can be so focused upon, upon ourselves and our own needs that we forget about and ignore the, the needs of those around us. That, that God is saying, I need you to reach that person's needs. I need you to talk to this person, to encourage this person. And that's just something that really stood out to me in that verse. And the final verse I wanted to point out for Proverbs is um, in verse 10 for chapter 18. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And that's so true. You know, there's so much truth to, you know, and you think about it that especially like, you know, when, especially with, in our own government, for years, you could pray to any other God, but you could not say the name of Jesus. And if you notice with President Trump, many, there was this opportunity to say in the name of Jesus during praying. And many pastors jumped to that because that's an opportunity that hasn't been able to be had. There's just something about the name of Jesus that you notice. You can say Muhammad, you could say you know, Gandhi, all of that. Nobody has a problem. But when it comes to the name of Jesus, that stirs a lot of contention and stirs a lot of bitterness. And it's not that Jesus's name is bad. You know, there's so much opposition to Jesus that, um, you know, essentially it's, it's Satan at work. You know, it's the darkness at work and and the name of Jesus is so powerful, they don't want that said. They don't want that said because there's so much authority and power behind that. They have to, to submit to that. And so that's why, you know. So that's essentially it with, you know, Proverbs. So, you know, think about that. You know, when you're praying, there's so much power in the name of Jesus. And so, you know, when praying for healing, you know, call upon the name of Jesus. When praying for provision, call on the name of Jesus, you know, for deliverance on the name of Jesus. So, um, that's just so important. And so we, we've come to the end for, for this podcast for Proverbs and, and Psalms. And so for next week, uh, we're going to do... Psalm 84, 85, 86, and 87. And then we're going to finish up Proverbs chapter 18. So it's starting on verse 16 and going through verse 24. And then we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 19 and going from verse 1 through verse 12. So feel free to break that up however you would like. So stay tuned for the podcast on the book of acts. Mm -hmm.